Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for April 30th, 2018. And we have 10 games to go through. Pitching is a, a little bit tough tomorrow. Uh, we do have one of our arch nemesis on the mound, Jeff Samarja. So starting off at the top high-end pitchers, Jake Arrieta, Charlie Morton, Zach Renke. I don't really like any of these pitchers for their prices, mostly because I think Arietta is way too expensive, and then Granky and Morton both have difficult matchups. So I personally don't really like rostering any of them tomorrow. How do you feel about them, Matt? Yeah, I don't like them either. Um, I think we may be stuck in some situations where we are going to have salary left on the table, so it's probably at least worth talking about who the best or who the least bad of the choices is. Um, I think Granky is probably the safest of the three, um, I think Charlie Morton has the most upside, but that's kind of just for tournament leverage because the Yankees always have at least a decent amount of ownership. Um, but yeah, I don't like these choices. I'll probably go with Granky though, if I have the savings. Uh, so I'm kind of thinking, like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what the situation is where I, where I would use Granky. He was really good at home last year. Uh, there, there weren't very many games where he scored under 20 fantasy points. So I do think he's the best of any of these options. Uh, I'll say if I have to roster one of them, it's going to be Granky. Except if I have my choice, I'm not going to roster any of them. And generally, it is a choice to not be able to roster a pitcher. Uh, but one thing that happens is sometimes there's so much value available that it just makes sense to go up to a high-end pitcher. So if we're in a situation where it makes sense to use a high-end pitcher, it would be Granky for me. Uh, I'm certainly not going to make myself play any of those high-end guys. The other guy who I think is really difficult to figure out is Jeff Samarja, 8,700. It's a really favorable matchup for him against the Padres. Will Myers back on the DL. He had, I think it was a hip injury or something like that. But it's just, it's a shitty Padres lineup without Will Myers. Jeff Samarja's at home. San Francisco, the bigger, the biggest pitcher's park in the league. The issue with Samarja is that he isn't very good. He generally has decent peripheral stats and then just doesn't pitch to them. He is a worse ERA for his career than FIP. Uh, I think that with the weaker pitching option on the slate, I think he's fine to roster 8,700. I just don't love playing him. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, so even if Samarja is as bad as what his ERA generally is, so if we assume that he is not unlucky to give up runs all the time, kind of just ignore his peripherals, I still think that there's value on him at 8,700 at home against the Padres. Um, so if we assume that Samarja is like a 4.1, 4.2 ERA, which is about what his career numbers are, um, the Padres offense strikes out more than any team in the league at close to 28%. And yeah, Will Myers is on the DL. Uh, the Padres also, I think, at least so far, have been better against lefties. Uh, it's a little skewed because Myers is out. He's been out. Uh, Hunter Renfro is out of the lineup right now. Um, Christian Villanueva has been really good against lefties. But even if the Padres offense has a little more upside than people give them credit for, they still are striking out a lot. So Samarja is certainly risky, but the San Francisco Park should mitigate some of that risk. Even though he's home run prone, he managed to have a 13.8% home run fly ball rate, even pitching half of his games in San Francisco last year. So I don't think Samarja will be particularly good this year, uh, but the strikeout upside is very much there. Um, he was pretty bad in his first two starts this year, but they were in tough matchups against the Angels and Nationals. So I, th I don't know if we can throw those numbers out, but I'm not looking at them too much, and I'm more inclined to just go by last year for Samarja. So 
I'm okay with paying the price. Um, if we had the same kind of pitching choices that we had, let's say on Sunday slate though, I wouldn't even be looking at Samarja. It's kind of just, we don't have a lot of great pitching options. And I think he's one of the better ones of a lot of pretty bad choices. Yeah. So the Padres this year gets right-handed pitching 85 WRC plus 24th in baseball, 28.3% strikeout rate against righties. That is by far the highest. So the matchup is about as easy as you could possibly get. Just the the question is the price and the quality of Samarja. But I agree, he's going to be in my player pool tomorrow, and hopefully he doesn't suck, which I think is, should be a good motto for uh, most pitchers when we roster them. Just please don't suck. Yeah, I'm going to just. Well, this is going to be a little bit scary to remember, but there was a game last year against San Diego in a similar situation where. I don't think we were crazy about Samarjo's price, but we used him anyway because it was home versus the Padres, and he went four and a third innings and gave up five runs. Uh, hopefully he doesn't do that again. He actually gave up 12 runs last year in back-to-back starts against the Padres, but then the last time in the year he faced them, uh, he threw a complete game shutout. So I guess uh, that kind of just encapsulates the boom-or-bust nature of Jeff Samarja, even in favorable matchups. He could be awful against anyone, but... He has the potential to be really good against anyone, too, especially a lineup that strikes out this much. Well, how about a pitcher who we actually do like for his price? And that's Eduardo Rodriguez at 7,600 at home against the Royals. Uh, Rodriguez hasn't been great this year, except he's been fine. He's been passable. He's pitched decently. He's very likely to pick up the win tomorrow because he's pitching at home against the Royals. The Royals are not very good. And Jason Hamill is on the other side of the mound. So... The Red Sox should be able to win this game. Rodriguez getting the win bonus if he can get through five games in the most like uh, through five innings in the most likely scenario. So I think for seventy six hundred, he's the safest pitcher on the slate to pay off his salary tag. So I like him at seventy six hundred. Tanner Roark I think is fine at seventy seven hundred. If nothing else, because I don't want to have too many lineups with Jeff Samarjan, and there just aren't a lot of pitchers I like on the slate. Um, as of now, unless there's some key players who are out. I don't really love any pitching choices other than Erod, Roark, and Samarja. Is there anybody else you're considering rostering? No, and I don't even like Rodriguez that much. Um, I think that he definitely is safe because of the win bonus likelihood, but the Royals have the lowest strikeout rate in baseball this year, and a lot of those games were without Salvador Perez, so they're probably going to be even a little bit better. And Rodriguez, I mean, it's too cheap for him, but he's not that good. He definitely is volatile. Um, so I, I think he's good for his price tag, but this isn't this isn't one of the strongest plays of the year or anything. I think it's just a solid value. Um, I prefer him to Samarja, but those are going to be my highest owned pitchers. I think Roark is okay, but I definitely like Samarja and definitely Rodriguez more than him. Uh, Jake Faria is a little expensive, and I don't think he's very good, but Detroit is a pitcher's park, and Miguel Cabrera got injured and left the game early on Sunday. So if Miggy's out, I think you could consider Faria. Um, that's probably it, though. You know what? Actually, there might be some... Well, there's definitely going to be some disagreement from you here. I think Eric Lauer at 5,600 is possibly in consideration, just if we're going cheap. Um, let's say you had to roster a pitcher below 6,000. Uh, who would that be? Because maybe it is worth just kind of like punting one of the pitcher spots. Uh it would it would probably be Jordan Zimmerman. Yeah, forty four hundred home against the Rays. I, I don't think I'm going to roster anyone in this price tier, but Lauer does have the favorable park factor in San Francisco. 
His minor league numbers are decent. I think he's probably just an average to slightly below average major league starter. He was awful in his first game, but that was Coors Field. Um, so maybe he hits value, but there's no one to be excited about down in this price range. Uh, Dan Straley could have a decent amount of upside. This is his first start of the year, and he has had some big strikeout games in the past. It's the one thing he does well is strike guys out. Um, so I think I actually prefer Straley to Roark as the number three choice, but he's definitely very risky making his first start of the year. So do you think you'll roster any of Straley? Um, it's hard to say just because I'm kind of assuming he's going to be on some kind of pitch limitation. His first start, he pitched five inning, uh, five and a third innings in a minor league start. Uh, he pitched two, uh, he, he's made three minor league starts. He pitched a double A, he went five and a third innings and he made two starts in high A ball and went a total of seven and two thirds innings. So my issue with Straley is just that I think he's probably not going to be allowed to go more than five innings or so in the game. Yeah, if we get word that Straley won't have a pitch restriction, then he's definitely my third favorite pitcher on the slate. Uh, if he is going to be restricted or if we just don't know, maybe he's fourth or so. Maybe we don't end up using him. Uh, but he's at least worth looking at. I think he could possibly become a decent play. Uh, but overall, just not very strong pitching choices for this slate. And I do think it makes the most sense to just be really heavy on Samarja and Rodriguez and just kind of play the slate lighter because uh, when pitching is this hard to predict, it's just the slate is usually really tough to do well on. So let's move into the offenses. If there's a lot of shitty pitchers, then it figures that there are some good offenses to target. Uh, the other thing also, since we like cheaper pitchers, we don't really have salary restrictions for the offenses we target. Uh, one offense who I really like that I don't think is going to have a ton of ownership is the Houston Astros offense. The Astros have probably the second best offense in baseball behind the Yankees. Maybe you could say they have the best offense. Uh, I think it's probably the second best behind the Yankees. They're going up against Sonny Gray, and Gray has been good in the past, except something's just kind of off with him right now. He's a 7.71 ERA, 5.04 FIP, 5.58 XFIP. The Yankees have been messing around with his mechanics to try to – change up his delivery and the results have not been good so far he's gotten killed in his last two starts he actually had a start two times ago where we were actually on him and that was a terrible play for that day and I think he generated one swing miss for a home start against the Blue Jays in that one so I, I think that the Astros people could overlook them because of the name value on Sonny Gray and I just think he's not good right now so I, I think that the Astros might even have the highest expected run output for me on the slate. How do you feel about them? So I, I do like the Astros as a stack, but I'm going to have a pretty different route to building lineups than usual for this one. Um, because I think the game in, in Chicago at Wrigley is such a strong spot for some hitters because the wind is expected to be blowing out pretty heavily to left field. And a lot of guys are, I think, reasonably priced here. So Arenado's 5,000, Trevor Story's 4,200, Javier Baez 4,700, Chris Bryant 4,900. Um, I'm naming righties because both pitchers are left-handed. And with the wind blowing out to left, it's a really good spot for right-handed power. Um, this guy's not a righty, but Anthony Rizzo at 3,600 is just a really, really low price. Uh, so basically, I think I'm going to try to get three or four players from this game and then just stack four or five hitters from other teams around them. So the Astros are definitely one of the teams I like a lot, but 
I think Baez and Story are just better plays than Altuve and Correa. Like, I think their expected outputs are higher. So I'm going to mix in some Astro stacks, probably some other teams too, but I'm going to be pretty heavy on this game at Wrigley, so it's going to make it kind of hard uh, to use other teams too much, especially at the positions like third, second, and short, where uh, those seem to be the strongest targets from the Cubs and Rockies. So I don't know. How much exposure do you plan on having to this Wrigley game? And obviously it's contingent on the wind uh, being what we expect it to be. So I'm not going to make any Rocky stacks, but I do think Arnado and Story both make a lot of sense as plugs. They both hit lefties much better than they hit righties. Uh, as for the Cubs side of the game, I'm fine with stacking the Cubs. And I will definitely have Cubs stacks. Uh, Kyle Freeland has... Uh, not been particularly good this year. He has really, really severe lefty-righty splits, too. Uh, righties crush him, and lefties don't do that well against him. I guess I just mentioned Rizzo because his price is so low. Yeah, I mean, Rizzo's also just a really good hitter. Uh, but the the Cubs also have more right-handed hitters generally in their lineup than lefties anyway. The other guy who I think is a really strong play, I don't know why his price hasn't gone up at, at, uh, much, but Albert Almore at 3400 Hits lefties really, really well. He's probably going to be leading off tomorrow. And Freeland is worse against lefties and righties. Almore is probably the best value play on the slate at 3,400. Yeah, so I'm going to try to have a ton of exposure to, well, I guess you're going to kind of have to be split between Bryant and Arenado because they play the same position. Um, so my highest owned players from this game and probably for the slate overall are going to be Albert Almora, Wilson Contreras, Javier Baez, Trevor Story, and then I guess like 50-50 between Bryant and Arenado. And then it's going to be just whatever stacks fit around that. So I do like the Astros. I just like the Wrigley game more. Um, let's see. What other teams are you looking at? Because, yeah, there are a lot of bad pitchers, and there are certainly other good stack spots here too. Uh, let's see. I think that those are going to be the main ones for me. Uh, like, So the Rays are in a good spot against Zimmerman. It's like a decent spot for the Tigers. But these all, it's a lot of shitty pitchers against shitty offenses. Yeah, the problem with the Rays, too, is their prices were a lot lower um, initially when we were targeting them in good spots. Zanard Span is up to 4000 That's way—I think he was priced at $3,000. Uh, i am just remembering, I think it was two Sundays ago when they faced Ben Lively at home. They were all like 3200 or less, uh, and Wilson Ramos is currently hurt. And yeah, Miguel Cabrera actually got hurt on Sunday also. So this game might just be a fade because of injuries— um, if we have to try to find other spots, I think the Red Sox at home against Jason Hamill are in a good situation, but Mookie Betts is day-to-day, so that's going to hurt oh, that game. That's such a ridiculous price for Betts. Yeah, the Red Sox are really expensive. I mean, salary is not going to matter much at all here because we like cheaper pitching, but still, like for the same cost, I definitely prefer the Astros and also, the, well, mostly the Rockies and Cubs for the same cost. Uh, so the other, the one other offense that I think could be interesting for me is the Diamondbacks at home against uh, Brock Stewart if the roof is open. Yeah, that's going to be a bullpen game, though, probably for the Dodgers. But I, I do think it's potentially interesting anyway. The Dodgers also don't have a great bullpen this season, compared to especially compared to last year. Yeah, it's just going to make it tougher. Well, I guess... There aren't any lefties to worry about if the Dodgers just use lefty pitchers out of the bullpen. Like, it's a downgrade for David Peralta, but it's actually an upgrade for Goldschmidt and Pollock. Um, yeah, I think Goldschmidt and Pollock are good plays. Uh, the the Diamondbacks are probably fine, but yeah, the, the roof being open or closed definitely is going to have an impact. Um, the other team we mentioned briefly before we started was uh, the Reds. Uh, 
Um, Julius Chassin has really significant righty-lefty splits. He's also just been really bad this year, but I definitely like the Reds-lefties, Votto, Shebler, Jeanette, uh, not Billy Hamilton. He's awful, but Jesse Winker at 3,200 if he's leading off. I think not not quite as good of a value play as Albert Almora, but kind of in the same neighborhood. Yeah, and then uh, I, I didn't hear if you said him or not, but Scooter Jeanette also at 3,600 I think is a pretty decent play. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like Jeanette too. I think those are all the offense I want exposure to. Yeah, it's going to be, well, stacks, I think we're going to have Cubs, Reds, Astros, and then just plug the Rockies. I think it's pretty straightforward. All right, so that is going to finish today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GRMDFS. Matt's throwing is at Preaching Sense, and we'll be back for Tuesday's slate.